Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, thy well-beloved spouse. Infuse into our hearts and minds your gifts of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and perfect deference to your perfect will. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I just recently got back from a mission conference, uh, retreat sort of thing uh, in San Diego. And it was very powerful, very devoted women. Uh, I think 44 years they've had this prayer group going. So they're all in. Um, and yet when, when it comes to confession, people are still a bit skittish, not everybody, but there's still people who don't, who say to me, I don't like to go to confession. And I think that stems from several things. One is we don't like acknowledging that we're sinners, right? We want to think that we're really good and perfect and wonderful. Uh, but the fact is we are sinners, you know, unless you're the blessed mother, you're a sinner. Um, so we have to, you have to get to the point where you realize you don't need Jesus if you're not a sinner. Do you need Jesus? Yes. And we need him because we are sinners. He came to redeem us. So, you know, the first step is to say, yes, uh, I am a sinner and I need Jesus. Now, you must realize uh, this is such a great gift to be able to walk into the confessional, to go into a box, dirty, with your soul all festering and ugly, and to walk out with your soul spotless and shiny clean. That is a great gift, you know, and I understand maybe we don't like acknowledging our sins to somebody else. That would be pride. If you're suffering from that feeling that you don't want to have to go to a priest, you'd rather go to Jesus directly. Well, you know, you can try that. You'll never know if your, if your sins were forgiven. You'll never know if they were actually forgiven. The only way to know is when you receive the absolution through the priest's hands. And since Jesus set this system up, since he directed the Peter and the apostles with the governance over this sacrament and sent, said to them what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That means what you forgive here will be forgiven there. I will honor this. Only God can forgive sins because sins are offenses against God. Even though we hurt our brothers and sisters with our sins, the ultimate uh, outtake from the whole thing is they offend God, right? If you murder your brother, certainly you, you've hurt your brother. But this is an offense against God because only he can give and take life. So... That's where it all lies in. It lies in the fact that uh, 
we have to be a people who are accepting of this sacrament. Now, it was much harder in the early church. I've said this before, but, you know, in the, between the third and sixth centuries, depending on where you were, um, it was, first of all, there was a period of time where certain sins were not forgivable. So the church said, uh, the lapses. So if you became a Catholic and then the persecution came and you said, oh, wow, I didn't realize that they were going to kill me for becoming Catholic. Well, I'm going to renounce my, my Catholic faith. I don't want to be killed. Many people did this, you know, and, you know, in to all fairness, uh, it should have been disclosed up front that you could be killed for your faith. But I think the apostles and their successors were in such a rush to bring everybody into the faith that sometimes these things were overlooked, even though people pretty much knew uh, all the first 30 or so popes were martyred. So you would know uh, this is something going on. Masses were held underground in hidden places, in homes, in the catacombs, so that they wouldn't be discovered, so they wouldn't be murdered. So most people knew and understood you could die for your faith. The problem happened when, when you were actually picked up and you were told, if you uh, confess your Catholic, we'll kill you. And they would say, no, I'm not Catholic. I renounce that at all. I'm, I don't want to be Catholic. <clears throat> so these people, when they eventually came to their senses and wanted to become uh, back into the faith, there was a period of time when the church said, no, uh, we're not taking you back in because you renounced your faith. And eventually this was over overturned. And these people called the lapses were allowed to come back in, but they had to make uh, a, a public confession. And sometimes it would be two to three years of penance before they were accepted back in. So it was a very, very difficult process. You know, when you consider today, you could go into the confessional and tell some, the priest you've murdered somebody. And you can be absolved that day if you have true contrition and uh, and you, you know, take the direction of the priest as to what needs to happen next. So it's a great gift given to restore man to God. That's what confession does. It restores man to God. So if, if you really still don't enjoy going, you know, I would say one of the things that makes it easier is to go more often. It sounds counterintuitive, but it actually works. If you only go once a year, of course, it's going to be a big, dramatic event when you finally schedule your confession. But I tell people, just go, go pick a date. You know, a lot of people go on the first of the month because they want to get the first Friday, first Saturday devotion covered and also the plenary indulgences uh, there and contained. Well, that's great. Um, but you could pick the 15th of the month and then there wouldn't be a long line when you go because on the first there tends to be the first saturday first friday there's very long lines so pick maybe the 15th of the month and then hit repeat in your phone schedule an appointment confession hit repeat monthly and hit uh forever and it will just schedule that out across your calendar uh forever you will be dead before the appointments run out and then show up and go, you know, 
It's a very good thing to uh, go monthly. Our Lady's requesting it. Our Lady in Medjugorje is requesting monthly confession. Why? Why would she be more stringent than the church's recommendation? Or actually, it's not a recommendation. The church's minimum requirement is once a year. That's the minimum. You know, the precepts of the church are the minimums. If you're doing all the precepts of the church, you're going to church on all Sundays and holy days. You go to confession once a year. You receive communion once a year during this uh, Easter season. You fast on uh, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, and you tithe what you can to the church financially. You, congratulations, you have just stepped up onto the first rung on the ladder of being Catholic. You are now considered Catholic, the very bottom of the barrel Catholic, but yet nonetheless, you're Catholic. But don't think you're a great mighty saint because you're doing the precepts of the church. It's the bare minimum, bare minimum. So to go monthly, why would Our Lady suggest that? Because the world is very sinful. The world is very sinful. A hundred years ago, you know, when you were running around uh, the ladies with their their garments going from their neck to their ankles in these billowy dresses with 14 layers of clothing, you know, between the dress and their body. Uh, and the men got up and at sunrise went out into the fields and, you know, went off to their job and did what they did. They came home. Very simple life. Um, less temptations, you know, the movies were much more uh, morally upright. There was no internet. There was no social media. Uh, Madison Avenue wasn't pushing sin. So it was a different time. And as you go back further, you know, 200 years ago and back, uh, it was really your biggest sins were probably coming through your imagination or uh, directly engaging another person in some fashion. So it's much different today, and Our Lady knows it, and she sees everything, you know, she can see from her perspective in heaven, bird's eye view. So she's saying once a month. I, you know, I remember when I first moved to Nashville, I was going to the YMCA in the mornings downtown because it was the closest gym, and I had to go down, uh, I don't know, maybe it was Broadway or West End, one of those. And right at one of the red lights on the left side of the street, there was a big um, a sex shop, but big. I mean, like this building was like, you know, it wasn't like a little corner uh, drugstore. It was a huge, and they had massive windows like Macy's or Saks Fifth Avenue where they'd promote all their sex toys and weird lingerie and all that stuff. And I thought, gosh, I mean, I'm in Nashville. This isn't New York City or Miami. Uh, I was kind of surprised that in Nashville they would have uh, that sort of thing. And yet here it is. So again, different world, different time. And to adapt, Our Lady suggesting once a month. Okay. So let's just talk a little bit about what happens in the confessional. Okay. So something that nobody knows, not nobody, but very few people realize. When you are absolved, any most demons attached to you are broken off you. Of course, if you have given them a direct legal access to yourself, it could be a little more difficult. But if they have attached through um, 
your general ways of sinning, you know, uh, let's say through anger, you got very angry and you gave in to rage and you screamed and yelled at your spouse and became a lunatic. And then you calmed down and, and said, you're sorry. Well, you've opened a door to demons of anger and rage and they may be attached to you. And now they're going to poke at you to get you to get angry again until you go to confession and they're broken off of you, you know? So that's a great, a great gift and a great relief. People who come to confession after several years or maybe 10 years or 20 years or whatever, and they come out of the confession and say, I feel so light. I feel like a new person. Yeah, because you're finally walking with no demons clinging to you. Their hooks have been taken out of you. You're finally free. And also, you're not carrying around the guilt and burden of those sins because they've been absolved. So it's just such a, it's like a little mini spiritual retreat in in 10 minutes or less. You know, if you're going monthly, your confession should be two to three minutes. It shouldn't be longer than that because you're just confessing your sins. In the sacrament of reconciliation, you should only be confessing your sins. So you go in, you make the sign of the cross, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been one month since my last confession, and these are my sins. And then rattle them off. A, B, C, D, E. He may ask one or two questions. You answer the questions. Uh, you're done. It's the type of sin and the number of times. And really, the mortal sins are the most important. If you don't have any, good for you. Confess those sins that uh, come to mind, particularly those that are repeated often, even if they're venial. You know, so you you're, you constantly get drawn into gossip. That's your big sin. Then make sure you tell the priest, this is the one I can't overcome. Because he may have a little remedy for you, or he may just pray for you on the spot and ask... Uh, there could be demons of a slander that have attached to you that he needs to break off you, but the, the, the absolution will do it too. So the, he gives you your penance, you make your act of contrition, he prays the prayer of absolution, and you make uh, the, the sign of the cross in the end of the absolution, and you, you go two to three minutes. It shouldn't be very long. Uh, but sometimes people make a big, a big dramatic confession and they want to talk a lot. That's spiritual direction. That's not confession. It shouldn't be done there. When there's a line of people waiting, it's actually rude to want to have spiritual direction with the priest because you shouldn't be taking away from other people going to confess, particularly if it's before mass. They may not be able to receive communion unless they go to confession. So please do not do spiritual direction with the priest. Uh, now something I'm going to focus today on uh, defense against demons in the confessional we can protect ourselves against the influence of the demonic and also that would be avoiding actions and objects that open a person up to demonic attacks by frequent confession you know this is actually a real thing you know you can the more you go to confession, the more your soul is being cleansed over and over, and you should be growing in virtue in this process. And the sacrament of reconciliation is very important 
it actually helps to ward off demonic activity. And uh, even in, if somebody is, is, has supernatural problems with demons, so obsession, oppression, or even possession, uh, in those moments of clarity, we, if they're Catholic, we, we very much uh, encourage they must go to confession to begin the process. Uh, so frequent reception of the sacrament of penance is very important. Father Gabriel Amorth, who was the chief exorcist of Rome for you know many years, decades, uh, he used to state that confession is more powerful than exorcism. How can that be? Because confession is a sacrament. Exorcism is a sacramental. And so by its very nature, it is more powerful than an exorcism. And it always is valid and works, given the right matter and form. Exorcisms are tricky business. It's not a science, because you're dealing with individuals and, and individual demons or groups of demons that are ever-changing and different with each case. So it's, it's much more difficult. So the sacrament of penance, it's particularly powerful for warding off demons, precisely because through it, the recipient of the sacrament is actually forgiven of sins. And the sins are what the demons hook into. They hook into the will and they hook into your, your sinful behaviors. So when you're receiving the grace of the sacrament, it is also helpful in avoiding that sin in the future. I remember in St. Faustina's diary, one of the most shocking revelations to me was when Jesus said that the person who commits a sin and has true contrition and goes to confession, not only are they forgiven, but their soul is elevated to a place of higher uh, grace than before they entered the, the confessional, a higher place uh, of resistance against that particular sin. And I thought, wow, that's like rewarding bad behavior, it seems, but no, He's so gracious and merciful that he gives us uh, particular graces to overcome that sin uh, so we won't do it again. And, you know, the less we sin, the less the demons can uh, get at us. You know, they can always physically, not always, they can only do what God allows, first of all. But for very holy people like Padre Pio, they were allowed to physically beat him because they really couldn't get at him with regards to sin and that was their only measure of uh punishment why would god allow such a thing well you know padre pio knew that all suffering can be united to the cross to save souls and since he really didn't have much in the ways of uh you know there was no way to get at him to his soul they they just attacked his body same with the curé of ours uh, St. John Vianney, and God would allow this so that they could offer that suffering for the salvation of souls. And Padre Pio also said that he knew uh, when the demons were particularly uh, boisterous and active or with his life, that there was, a he would call them a big whale, a whale was coming to the confessional. 
and it would be somebody who maybe 20, 40, 30 years hadn't been to confession and they were coming and, and that was all, sometimes it was almost like a signal. Uh, there's a big whale coming soon. And so he used those uh, beatings that he underwent to unite to the cross, to draw more graces down and convert more hearts. It's something that we all need to be doing. We all need to be engaging in, in, in taking our crosses to the Lord and asking him to convert them to grace to save souls. Everybody suffers, like I said yesterday, but not everybody sacrifices and offers them to Jesus. But, you know, that's a great waste. Please don't waste your suffering. You know, take everything to the Lord. So those who do not use the sacrament of reconciliation or use it sparingly or half-heartedly, you're going to be more susceptible to demonic activity. That's just the cold, hard truth. Um, so when you participate in the sacrament of penance, I would say that in all the sacraments, uh, you're participating in the battle against evil. That's to say that uh, by approaching a priest to receive the sacrament on a regular basis, a person is signaling a commitment to live with and for Christ. You know, it's a demonstrative outward sign that you're committed. And that is both to heaven, showing heaven you're committed, but it also is a very big sign that you're showing to hell. You're letting the devil know, I am a committed Christian. I'm not messing around with my faith. And uh, I'm trying to be strengthened by Christ in all the sacraments, but in a particular way in reconciliation. And even when that person does sin, by making use of the sacrament, the person is making a very conscious effort, not only to eradicate the destructive power of the sin, but to be reunited as fast as possible to Christ and receive the forgiveness that he freely offers and very much desires to give through the sacrament. And that person is therefore strengthened by Christ himself and is much more capable of warding off the demonic. Do you see how that works? You know, very simple. The closer you are to Jesus, the harder it is for demons to get at you. It's, that, it's just very basic. So if you're a once a year kind of guy that only wants to go to confession once a year, well, you're living by the law. Okay, that's fine. But you're going to have a harder time. You're definitely going to have a harder time. Because the, the graces, uh, you're forfeiting graces you would have otherwise received by going on, a, say, a monthly basis. Now, the sinner who refuses to, to approach the sacrament, for whatever reason, and there's many, fear, guilt, shame, uh, maybe they've been misled about the sacrament, maybe they had a terrible experience, maybe there was an awful priest when you were 12 years old who screamed at you in the confessional and uh, you ran away terrorized. Uh, yeah, that's all horrible, and I'm, I apologize if that happened to you, but don't let that be a reason to keep you away. But when people do stay away for whatever reason, you're putting yourself in a very compromising position, totally compromised by the evil one, because you're carrying around sins and so, maybe even mortal. Mortal means deadly. 
if you were to die with deadly sin on you, then you don't go to heaven. You go and spend eternity with the devil. How awful would that be? Sort of like the equivalent of uh, a person who purchased a home security system but never activated it. Like it's that's the great it's a great analogy. You know, you have the home security system, but you never turned it on. You have the availability to clean yourself up, but you never go. So please, uh, if this is you, pick up uh, the phone and call your local church to find out when the next opportunity for confession is or go online and look or just get your butt in the car and go down there and tell the priest it's been years I need to go to confession when can I do it you know and if you want to be anonymous uh, then just show up on the line and use the option to not go face to face and then do it that way uh, this is, should be available in every church if it's not tell your priest canonically you have the right to an anonymous confession or just go somewhere else all right, that's enough for today. We're going to pick this up tomorrow with two uh, other topics. One is, you know, defense against the demons by the power of Our Lady. That's going to be an interesting chat. Please do tune in. I'll be back with you tomorrow. May God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Dan signing off. Thank you so much for listening to the Radio Maria podcasts. It's thanks to listeners like you who donate that enable us to continue delivering quality content to listeners around the world. If you'd like to contribute and help us keep spreading the message of Our Lady Son, please consider making a donation. You can reach us at 888-408-0201 or simply visit our donations tab on our website at radiomaria.us. Your generosity truly makes a difference. This has been a Radio Maria production.